You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're glad you're here. Don't forget, though, that you can take us on the go in case you are mobile. With Podbeam, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, or any other listening stations, you can also check out our content on the Misfit Faction. Check out some of our reviews, some of our articles, some of our podcasts. We've got some of them up there. We've got not only the Misfit Faction, MF Uncensored, but we also have Multiverse. We've got Bibliophiles Assemble. We also have Cinematic Adventures. There's something for everyone on our site, so please come check us out. And also check out our merchandising store where we've got just the fit for you. As always... I'm Rob, and I'm your host today, apparently. And on my right is Ronnie. Hi, Ronnie. How are you today? I'm doing well, sir. How about you? Buttery and beady. How are you? I already asked you that. <laughs> and on my left, or I sh- that's not really my left. It's sort of like my 11 o'clock, is Paul. Paul, how are you today? So amused. So <laughs> amused. You know, it's funny, Rob. You mentioned our show, MF Uncensored. And for MF Uncensored, we do a lot of interviews, a lot of topical mm. informational stuff, and Normally, I have to do an intro for it because we record months in advance for right. MF Uncensored and we'll release it and I'll usually do like a nice little intro just to say what we're talking about, who we're talking to, plug whatever we're doing, you know, sponsors, et cetera, et cetera. And I sit here and I do it by myself. And normally, like I stumble through and I take like 17 takes yeah. to do it. But just watching you nailed it in one, and then use the <laughs> and somehow work in the phrase or the the descriptor of being buttery. Oh yeah, yeah. It is just. It I, is feel like he, I feel like he did that like a couple weeks ago too. Oh, probably. I yeah. also can't make eye contact with Rob while he's trying to script it, and then because Rob has it, we all have a general outline for how we start our shows, right? You know, mm. because we want to give you guys the best. Products? Sort of some consistency. Yeah. But Rob Rob will have his bullet points and then he'll go <laughs> off script and you can tell where it happens. <laughs> and you know what? It's, but it, I, I won't bust Rob's chops too much because A, they're probably buttery, but also B, mm. like it, people don't realize how tough it is sometimes. It's yeah, like to, to do the like floor. the just the sub because Rob did not know he was hosting until about nah. 14 minutes ago <laughs> so thank you Rob for starting oh, sure. the episode I'm it was yeah. I was told I played some of the audio for a class or two this week and I was told that not only do I have a real face for radio but uh, apparently I, my voice they, they kind of like they dug it so I'm like oh thank you I'll fix it in post right, excellent <laughs> so we this week so I actually I should say we are leading up to the season premiere of season 3 of <laughs> The boys. And I am super excited. I know Ronnie is super excited. I know Paul is too because it's it's, it's got Jensen Ackles in it. Yep. It's the boys. It's just so much fun. And so what we're doing is leading up to it, we are looking at a lot of superhero properties that are similar themed in the sense that they have gore to them, that they are bloody. Because I think we can all agree with this, that the Marvel properties are fairly goreless. They are, you know, people get shot and they just hold it and there's no yeah. blood or anything. There's been know. like three deaths so yeah. far. <laughs> it, it's not much at all. So we thought, you know, with the boys, and we can also all agree that the boys is like soaked so, in blood. Yeah. I mean, it is like, someone, I think it's probably, the is it the bloodiest of all the superhero it, properties? It's up there. I I'm like sorry. we you watched the first episode of The Boys and this isn't a spoiler. We we did an episode right. on season 1 and 2 of The Boys and we talked about like the very first episode A Train runs through a person. His, yeah. Like that that's how that show starts and it and splatters, it is, yeah. And it is just cuz I know your wife has not watched any of it. No. So and she's going to try and get through <laughs> some of it. She wants to watch she wants to watch season 3. So For yeah. Jensen Ackles, yeah. we all say it. We all man crush on him so oh, hard. Oh, she's got a huge man crush on him, which I I totally acknowledge. Well, she's it, a crush and i yeah oh that's true a normal crush <laughs> so let's go with that but she is yeah she completely hearts him and it's all gushy and he's uh, she you know i he she would get a pass for him I my think, wife does me. yeah for jensen she Ackles. said i get a pass for him too i was like all right, all right hey thank you but um it's so like rob said we're talking about what it's almost like a if superheroes were real month yeah for yeah. us because yeah. we're talking about super today we're doing Kick-Ass next week. Mm-hmm. We have the boys coming up. We've got their cartoon Diabolical. Their cartoon version of Diabolical. So, like, this is the the realistic superhero yeah. genre almost. You know, not so much superpowers and glory and all the cool stuff. 
you know, as much as we love our Marvel and even our DC, you know, and all that stuff. Because it's funny, we watched Doctor Strange and like the magic stuff is all blasé that people are like, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. But like this is – we're talking about the movie Super today, which is – not very Ooh. super. And I think I have to say, I think it's probably one of the very first gore soaked movie prop superhero properties. Yeah. Now I'm not counting things like Blade, because that was that was played straight. This is yeah. gore for laughs. And, yep. and and you know, so kick ass and, and the boys are all in that same genre. Right. So we're looking at that this month. So to introduce it, we're going to start off with super this week and we're going to recommend and talk about it and, and discuss it. And not everyone liked it, but we'll see where it goes. But first, we've got Ronnie with the news. Yeah. Who's Hope. reading it out of his search bar, I believe. <laughs> no, not at all. Why is that a private window? I'm, I'm just hoping I do this just as well as Rob does. Is that an OnlyFans you've got there? Maybe. Okay. If you guys want to know, it's only a $2 subscription. No, <laughs> a dollar per foot. Yep. yep. Uh, but to kick things off, so we had the okay. new... No, there's what? no... Sorry. You, you want me to hammer this down or not? Uh, we'll fix that in post. All right. We're talking about Thor Love and Thunder. So we had right. a new little spot for that come out. Thoughts? I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to you first. Oh I, I thoroughly enjoyed the, the it's a brand new trailer. It's it's setting up a lot of expectations and kind of the general feel for the film. There's some really cool there's a great shot of Voldemort. Yeah, yeah, Voldemort. <laughs> he got his nose back. <laughs> there's a great shot of Jane using the pieces of Mjolnir. Yeah. Like where she like whips the hammer and like all the pieces spread out. So obviously like it's it shows a little bit more of her, but obviously everybody's talking about the last shot where Thor is completely nude and everybody faints and he's like, You flick too hard. Yeah. And it's it's everywhere. It's the funniest thing. Good for Chris Hemsworth. I know <laughs> Good for Chris. Well, he, he's it, another one that, that the wife gets a pass for. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. But he's also been on record so many times saying how much he hates doing the gratuitous things. Yeah. Like yeah. he hates going shirtless on, on film. Like he feels that. You know. So it's it's even better because you know because obviously- he, he doesn't want to be like the that typecast where oh I need to take my shirt off in order to be like known. Well, it's funny because Chris Hemsworth's Thor is the only character that I've seen an actor play so many times and then break the typecasting of that character. Oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. like Thor, yeah. you watch the first Thor movie, he's very. Serious. Oh, he's yep. very Shakespearean. And ve- and then the Thor, the Dark World's even worse. Oh yeah. But then suddenly, you know, Thor Ragnarok rolls around, and then finally in Infinity War, they find that balance for yeah, Thor. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited for Thor: Love and Thunder. Rob. All right. I'm. Uh-oh. Uh Yeah. I, uh-oh. I got. Yeah. Uh oh. Is right. The first Rubber trailer, right. I was like, yes, this looks awesome. Second trailer, I loved Gore the God Butcher. Looks amazing. I can't wait to see Christian Bell just kill it. Yeah. I felt that the trailer was very sitcom-y. Like, the jokes of, like, Jay. The flicking of his clothes I thought was too sitcom-ish. I, it, the humor was not resonating with me at all. It wasn't hitting for me, and I'm like, oh, no. So I, I'm hoping I'm wrong, and I'm hoping it's going to be awesome. Well, for the most part, trailers are done by an independent company. They're yeah, not they're done tra- by the, yeah. Yeah, like trailer Z- houses. Zack Snyder used to do trailers and yeah. like music videos for stuff. The but, people um, that did the first Suicide Squad re-edited the entire <laughs> movie. It was a trailer house that re-edited the whole movie, yeah, which is so, why it has that feel. Yeah. So I, I never – like obviously trailers are supposed to give you a feel, show you some footage, but – they don't give you context, no, or they give you too much in this. Like they spoiled Batman vs Superman with the trailers. Like the second they showed Doomsday and like the the final oh, trailer, yeah. we were all like, oh, well, yeah, well, we know, we yeah. know where this is going. So I'm yeah. I'm hoping this is just a blip on the radar. I'm hoping it's it's not going to be anything bad. But I, I, I'm yeah. I'm learning to temper my expectations a little bit. But also we we you know we talked about the She Hulk trailer last week. <sighs> And that is a trailer that did not excite us at all. At least mm-hmm. this trailer, it's still that's Thor, that's the character. There's Korg, there's Jane. We're, there's Gore. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not excited for Gore the God Butcher. No, no. I like Christian Bale. A, he looks like he's going to be a scary villain, which is mm-hmm. which is fine. But he is not what I expect. To see that skinny, death-looking, yeah, little guy going mm-hmm. against Thor, the musculus of the gods. Mm-hmm. And, and I made muscleless the yeah, word. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it looks like it's Voldemort going and, up against Thor. And B? Oh, yeah. You, okay. said, you said A, so I figured there was a I B. I started thinking about <laughs> Thor without any clothes on again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ronnie? What did you think? So, I, I'm kind of in between both of you, okay. where I'm still excited for it. I, You know, some of the jokes didn't land, but I feel like in the situation that it happens in with more context, I think those jokes 
for the most part, will land. But I'm still not 100% sold on making Thor be like Lebowski. I, I don't know. There's just something about him being Lebowski-ish that like doesn't sit well with me. I want really. some King Thor yeah. in this one, like because that that was a story in the uh, the comics where he be, does become king, oh, yeah. and he like controls the Odin force and all that stuff. So well, I don't know. Yeah. I, I I see what you're saying though. Yeah. All right. So moving on, we have some sad-ish news. Wonder Twins, no mas. Wonder Twin powers deactivated. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, were I, we I, excited? I mean, I, yeah, there's like not much to talk they're, about. Like, I, I don't yeah. know, I'm not real. Like, I wasn't like, woohoo! So, I can't wait for this. So this so was it God. was an HBO Max movie, right? Yeah. No. And uh, it was going to go forward and a movie, not a series. Yep. Uh, with the Wonder Twins, and uh, I think they even casted it too. KJ Alpa was yeah, uh, was the like it was far yeah. along in production, and then they just went. Mm, I mean, sc- that means script was done, uh, casting was yeah. done. They Which were getting someone came to their senses. <laughs> I don't have a problem with the Wonder Twins' characters. I think they're, they're very they're very outdated, and they're also like G list characters. Yeah. They're more fun when they're playing off the right group, yeah. right? You know, if you wanted to do like a Teen Titans and have them cameo in it, like, I mean, obviously they have Titans, so that would have been a fun cameo. Yeah, I should have put Apache Chief in there. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. They, so in Young Justice, they they redid Apache Chief and like he's still a Native American character. He's still, you know, like very in touch with the cultural heritage and it's like a part of mm-hmm. this show. But instead of having him just get bigger, he creates like a like almost like a an astral projection form around okay. himself. It's actually really cool. What and, what are his powers? I know he get I remember him get being able to like get really huge. That was it. Like he was just able to get bigger. Oh, he didn't have like animal projections. I don't think so. Yeah, but in Young Justice he has like an actual like Astral form. form that forms around him. It's it's actually really cool. Okay, but and they played better homage to it, All or right. not even so, homage, but like just more respectful of the. Apparently, the only form of water we're going to be getting is the. I don't have a joke. Never mind. Go on. The, the tears from our audience. <laughs> the, oh, there's one. the joke. There so is. to make things better, I was hoping the joke would come midway through. <laughs> it didn't. Anyway, so good news is we had some set photos from Blue Beetle. I'm so excited. I know you are. I'm so excited. How, how excited are you? Tell, tell the fans. Tell the listeners. So we got our first look at Blue Beetle, and normally when you get behind-the-scenes set photos, especially of costumes, especially if anybody knows Blue Beetle, his costume is very intricate and yes. very like alien and techy and Sometimes it is not good when you see those behind-the-scenes well, set photos. I remember before The Flash came out as a show, Grant Gustin behind-the-scenes Flash photos Rough. came out, and everyone was like, ah, look how stupid he looks. And Rough. then it looked just fine. Yeah. But this these set photos came out. There was like two of them, one with the mask yeah. on, one without, and he looks fantastic. And yeah. it, the, the suit looks amazing and very comic accurate. Blue Beetle's one of those characters that got super popular when Jaime Reyes took, took over. Because originally, uh, Ted Kord was the original Blue Beetle, and he was very famous for working with Booster Gold. And they introduced Jaime Reyes. They had him actually on Smallville for an episode. And they did like a very clunky, big Blue Beetle suit. This one looks a lot better. And I'm I'm excited because Rob's giving like the laugh. Like, why is he not excited? It reminded me of Nick Cage's Superman outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really see it, but... But I, I am also not the one to ask about this one. This is yeah. this is your area of Again, expertise. Blue, and Blue Beetle's another character that Young Justice did a lot of time and devotion yeah, yeah. to for season two. And it just I, I'm excited and I like the kid who plays him. Zolo, I can't say his last name because I don't want to be disrespectful. Maraduena. It's something like that, yeah. But he's from Cobra Kai. And I'm yep. gl- and I'm glad he you know, Jaime Reyes is an interesting character, so I'm excited to see more see him okay. be brought to the live action. And our final bit of news, we have some social reactions to Miss Marvel. Huzzah! Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, they're, they're all right. They're calling That's it good. unique and charming, playful. Uh, here, watch the first two episodes. Stellar cast, wonderful lead. Love the style. See, see I get scared when people use the word unique. Because yeah. to me, I feel like a lot of people use unique as like, yeah, it was all right. 
It was different. Right, that's a... You know, uh, like, it's, it's one of those, like, safe, backhanded compliments It's almost. a safe phrase. It's yeah. a very safe phrase. I, like, as much guff as I'm given, like, I'll, I'll sit down, I'll watch Miss Marvel, I'll give it a fair shake, just like, you know, yeah. Rob and I talked about Moon Knight last... Mm-hmm. We gotta ask Ronnie his thoughts on Moon Knight. But uh, we talked about Moon Knight, and we came in very objectively, and we kind of left our fandom at the door. I know Rob's a little bit more familiar with Miss Marvel than I am, mm-hmm. and he's a fan. And I don't know, Ryan, do you know anything, like, are you familiar with Miss Marvel at all? Just not really, just like the basic stuff yeah. that everyday people know, kind of thing, but mm-hmm. not nothing too in depth. So for me, like for Miss Marvel, I'm just kind of like I think I'm still jaded from I just don't like Carol Danvers and Captain Marvel. That might be it. See, yeah, and this is completely like apart from that because this is apparently what it looks like from the commercials. There, she's a fangirl of Captain. Marvel. So that that opens yeah. up a whole other issue I have, mm-hmm. and this was brought up in Doctor Strange, like. People know who Doctor Strange is. Right. He's like a superhero, like a well-known superhero. I didn't really get that vibe from Carol Danvers because as soon as anything happens, she's like, "All right, gotta go, deuce out." Because we don't yeah, know how to, know. we don't know how to properly write for her. So yeah, I'm looking at a lot of the social reactions. A lot of them are saying delightful. It's rooted in the MCU. They're saying a lot of positive things about the lead. She's a revelation in the role. Irrepressibly bubbly and charismatic. It's a smash, vigor, and overactive imagination. Like I have to say, I'm I'm excited. And a lot of them citing it's nice to see Muslim representation in the MCU as well, which I think is something that we really haven't seen. So uh, it's nice to it's uh, going. Back a couple, about a year ago, I watched the show Shadow and Bone. I don't know if you'd seen it at all on Netflix. Cat McNamara is in it? I forget. And I was, the thing that I loved the most about the series was the authentic diversity to it. Like it wasn't a forced diversity because I think we've all seen properties where that's been the case. Can we leave the CW out of this? But it was it was something that it was like wow you know what a, a Bridgerton is another one that's got just this huge ca- cast of you know multi ethnic characters and it doesn't feel forced it feels natural and it feels lovely and wonderful because everyone brings something to the table and I feel like that's the case with Ms. Marvel here. I'll wait till I see it. Yeah. I'm gonna hold all, yeah. all reservations about it. Amen to that, brother. So does that wrap up the news? That wraps up our news for today. I guess before we get into commercial, Ronnie, really quick, the fans are asking, what was your reaction to Moon Knight? Um, Did not like it. Okay. Star City rating, 2.5. All right. So Um, right 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 down the road. 2.5 is being generous, I think. Mm -hmm. Would I watch it again? No. Would I recommend it? At this moment, No. Unless something happens in the in like one of these right. movies coming up or shows that it's like oh now you need to watch right. Moon Knight. Other than that, not I, gonna recommend it. Yeah. I thought I, I didn't really like any of the acting in it. I, <gasps> not even Stephen with a V. <laughs> not even Stephen with I'm, a V. I'm with him. I like I was saying this too that I thought that Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac were like just bland. Yeah, I mean like kudos to Oscar Isaac for. Being able to portray, what three, four different characters, three, three, right? Three. Two and a half. Mark two point one. Yeah, right. I think you know. So like you know, good for him for able to do that. And you know, he you were able to tell who was who. You know, when he was supposed to be Stephen or Mark or whatever the hell the other one was, Jacob. Um, yeah, Jake, Jake Lock. Jake. Yeah. You know, but Lockley. other than that, like I was like, Ugh. okay. Yeah, yeah mean, you, you actually that's very similar to the way the reaction that we had. To, yeah. yeah, except I'll still argue that I loved Oscar Isaac and I love Stephen with a V in that. I love Oscar Isaac. I just didn't love him in this. Yeah. So that wraps up the news and that wraps up Ronnie's catching up with Moon Knight. Thanks so much for that. And before we get into uh, Super, let's take a quick break. Today's episode is brought to you by Ray's Energy Drinks from Rep Sports. Whether you're trying to crush your afternoon workout or just need a little extra pick-me-up, Ray's Energy is just the boost that you're going to need. So if you go to repsports.com and any product that you order, enter the code MISFIT89 at checkout to receive 15% off. Anything that you guys buy from that store helps our network grow, and we fully, fully appreciate everything you guys do. That's MISFIT89 at checkout, repsports.com. Welcome back and thank you for joining us. We are working our way up to the boys in a few weeks. And in order to do that, we are looking at what kind of a role does Gore 
play in our superhero genre. So let's start off the conversation with that before Wait, we get we into. We already super... went over Thor and well, that, that, I was not Thor. Oh. Gore. Well, isn't Gore the bad guy? He's Gore the, the god, god butcher. <laughs> So how? So here's my question. Billy Butcher's in this movie. Oh this is why I don't host. This is why we can't have nice things. Um, What's a toaster? So the question is: Does extreme violence, does yes. gore, add or detract from the superhero genre? What do you think, Ronnie? I think it depends. Okay. So it, it it depends on your character that you that the movie's about. Take. Deadpool, Punisher, mm-hmm. you know, like like those kind of characters, it, it, you know, into consideration, and that's what they do, right? They kill people on screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, all superheroes kill people for the most um, part. I don't know, like I not not many actually. They they, they neutralize the threat. Um, I would say they all kill people. Yeah, I well, mean, you might not that's see true. it, that, but they, it's like, they, it's they one do. of those. I mean, they, they just dropped that person from 70 feet up in the true. air. They weren't neutralizing the Chitari. They were actually yeah. throwing them into the ground. <laughs> well, in all honesty, superheroes, when they first came out, were, were exceptionally violent. Superman yeah. and Batman killed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It is until more recently, especially with the 90s, where they had the really angsty, very aggressive superheroes like Wolverine, the Punisher. They all became very popular in the late 80s, early 90s, that, that anti-hero. In the comics, In right? the comics. So in comics, like Superman and Batman did kill in their very beginnings. Like Superman yeah. was throwing people through walls that they like ronnie said they wouldn't survive uh batman notoriously he used a gun at one point like a lot of those those quote-unquote rules of superheroes are are much more recent additions yes um especially once the comic code became enforced so for those of you guys who don't know which most of you guys probably do the comics code authority was an unofficial stamp of approval that comics had to get in order to be publicated because the government publicated i know (laughs) Pub- I went to say published, but smiling I went to say published, but publicated. Yeah, publicated right. In order to be published, I'm hoping to publicate my book sometime in my life. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It's called How to Host a Podcast. Oh. Yeah, but uh, it's going to be publicated any day now. <laughs> so what happened though was because of you know just the same controversy that we deal with nowadays. Our video games too violent. Our TV mm. shows too violent. Movies too violent. There was originally a question about whether comic books were corrupting the youth. So here's a perfect example. The new uh, season of Stranger Things came out. I was out, just going to bring that and up. And in the yeah. very first episode, they're reading yep. – and this isn't a spoiler or anything. If you guys have seen Stranger Things, you know that the kids play Dungeons & Dragons in it. And one of the characters that they introduce is reading an article from the New York mm-hmm. Times or the New York Post, whatever it was. It was Time Magazine. Time Magazine. Or Newsweek, one of those so, two. Yeah. It was a news publication <laughs> where it was publicated. And Getting lost in the weeds here, sorry. Yeah. So, And he's reading an article about how Dungeons & Dragons yeah. is like considered demon worshipping and is it corrupting the youth. And there will always be those things. So comic books were yeah. a, an easy target because kids loved them. Yeah. They were big, especially post-World War II. Like They were used as war propaganda for a long time. So basically what happened was when the Comic Code Authority came out, it was to placate parents who were like, I'm not letting my kid buy this now. And it was never an official government regulation or anything like that. It was just comic books weren't published without it. And it wasn't until, I want to say the They eight, weren't publicated. They weren't publicated at all. Yeah, the Comics Code started in September of 54. Yeah, so post-World War II, yeah. after they were, you know, after the propaganda died down and people wanted to go back to the quote-unquote American values and make things normal again, yeah. what happened... Yeah. It actually only ended in 2011. Yeah, officially, yeah. yeah. The first comic book that did it without the Comic Book Code Authority, I want to say was an issue of Green Arrow where Roy Harper is a junkie in it. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm mistaken, please correct me because that's, that's just interesting history so it leads up to this conversation right do superhero is violence a part of superheroes and how far does it go before it becomes gratuitous right and i agree with ronnie i think it depends on the character and also the media that you're watching but yet we can also all agree that the boys is gratuitous in its gore and i think that services the the property too yeah and I think I've mentioned a few times that I really want to do a podcast episode about how terrible it would be if superheroes yeah. actually existed. I think The Boys is the most realistic depiction mm-hmm. of such a thing. And you know, as much as we all love superheroes to, to different degrees in the show, obviously we're it's, here doing a podcast right. about it. I think we all kind of agree that having superpowers in real life would suck. That's terrifying. Oh yeah, the like Brightburn, which is another James Gunn. You know, it's a superhero horror movie basically. Yeah. 
So, so we've got, yeah, there are, and, and I think what you kind of went through with the comic code goes through pretty much every form of media. I can remember, you know, Tipper Gore and her crusade to label music and put lab- yeah. parental mm-hmm. advisory warnings on it. I was alive. I know you, you it was before you guys, but I, I very vividly remember the Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. That, you know, I can remember my mother asking me about, you know, did I ever play it? Did, you know, do I have friends that play it? Please stay away from it. It's too dangerous. Well, we were the Grand Theft Auto generation. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Like that. <laughs> and and the Matrix generation. The Matrix too. generation yeah. too. And and that is always a, a concern of how much does media play in our sort of belief systems and and our practices for too life. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know if we you know I just know that you know. I've gone, and I always cite this, I remember back in 1993 when I saw the movie Days of Thunder with Tom Cruise, and I saw it in a movie theater, and not a single car, every car leaving that parking lot peeled out. And that always made me believe that, like, there's a definite connection there. Now, is it a connection enough to uh, cause someone to... You know, to, to to take the wrong actions in their own hands. It's always going to be a debate. Yeah. But I mean, look at the Fast and Furious franchise. They put a war. They had to start putting warnings. Did there they saying, really? There's a I've warning. I've never watched any of them, so I don't after know. like the second Fast and Furious, I think car accidents started going through the roof and, and drag racing started to become more popular really? again. So yeah. now if you watch Fast and Furious, uh, there's a warning saying these are all <laughs> done prep. Jackass, look at Jackass. Jackass is the perfect example yeah. of. These guys got famous doing stupid crap. The amount of stupid... And nowadays, it's how do I become internet famous? Everybody wants to become internet famous. We want to have a successful podcast. You know, so I think that the media does have correlation to the way that people view the world because in all honesty, I mean... We we had an interview with Neil Getzlow on our on our show mm-hmm. MF Uncensored, one of our first interviews, and he talks about his addiction to pornography. Pornography is under scrutiny because it creates this supposedly creates this unrealistic expectation yeah, yeah. of of how physical intimacy works. Yeah, it could be true, it could not be, but right. again, it's the things that we see on television and in the movies do impact the way and that's why i like movies like this i like this movie super i love the movie kick-ass which we're going to talk about that's next week you know it's these and the boys and that's why we like the boys because it sets it's a real i hate to say it it's realistic yeah Um, and and i think that that'll probably take us into our discussion of the movie super because I, i think super is a fairly realistic portrayal of what would happen if someone just kind of snapped one day and wasn't too good at being a, a vigilante and just kind of went off on a spree. So give us a, a little bit of background about Super. Who 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 wants to tackle that? I don't. I got this. Yeah. All right. So I want to see if you leave something important out, though. <laughs> Super, like Rob said, it's a story about this this average fry cook, and basically he's living. Now, when did this movie come out? This movie came out in 2010. Yes. This movie's 12 years old, and it's a very low budget James Gunn production. This is before James Gunn was James Gunn. Like yeah, if he wanted is... to redo this movie now it would be like and this is james gunn his he had really only done a couple things before him he did slither which is actually i, I don't Still, know if you've yeah, seen yeah, it it's yeah, one yeah. of my personal favorites and he also used to do a, a lot of stuff with trauma um if you're not too familiar with trauma trauma is a studio writ- conducted by lloyd kaufman for years and it's like a lot of really low budget horror that is also really goofy and like no holds barred, like Toxic Avenger came out of Troma. So James Gunn's really his first film that he ever did was called Tromeo and Juliet. And it's it's tasteless, uh, it's violent, it's totally inappropriate. And and then he did Super a couple of years later. Yeah. And and that's where we're at now. Yeah, so Superstars Rain Wilson, this is kind of, uh, I don't know, is this before The Office? Or? He had just started just doing starting. The Office. I, I like Rain Wilson and I, I think he's fun. And obviously, and you know, he was iconic for his role in The Office. But he he doesn't play the same type of character no. in this, which is nice. But he plays a fry cook who's you know living just your average American life, like nothing extraordinary. He's a loser, and that's you know where James Gunn kind of thrives with the 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 mismatch, the misfits. Yeah. You know, he mm-hmm. does a really good job at making them into quote unquote heroes. And he meets Liv Tyler's character Sarah, who gets a job at the restaurant where he's working at, and she's a recovering addict. And eventually she does relapse and Kevin Bacon, <laughs> Kevin Bacon's the bad guy in this, oh, yeah. which is crazy. And he plays Jacques, 
I want Jacques. You're correct. Originally supposed to play played by Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, yeah. And, and he ducked. Yeah, Kevin Bacon came in ten days before uh, they were supposed to start shooting because Jean Claude was like just too fickle, and and James Gunn didn't want to gamble on him or anything. No, and. Basically, Liv Tyler's character relapses, goes back to her drug dealer who, you know, takes her in. And it's like Rob said, Rain Wilson's character, Frank, snaps. And he decides to become a – he has a vision (laughs) by Nathan Fillion. So Nathan Fillion's in this as – and he plays the Holy Avenger, which which is like a televangelist kind of like – Well, it's it's a play on – are you familiar with the comic book character Bible Man? Yes. Okay, so it's a play on Bible Man and – you know, that's typical James Gunn. James Gunn loves to poke his finger in the eye of, like, pretty much anyone who's in front of him. And, and yeah, he does Bible Man. And, and that's also James Gunn playing the Satan-like figure yep. in, in a lot of the film, in, in, in the Bible movie kind of clips. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah, he gets this vision. And Frank decides he's going to become a vigilante called the Crimson Bolt. And... Without, like, giving, obviously, full spoilers, but... Uh, for a movie that came out 12 years ago. <laughs> you know what? I think Ronnie saw it for the first time this week. He thinks. I think. You want to explain that? So, <laughs> so, have you ever watched a movie that you're not sure you've seen before, and you're watching, and you're like, that looks familiar. This is going to happen next, and it does. And then you're like, huh. And then later on in the movie, you're like, oh, I feel like this is going to happen if I remember correctly, and it doesn't happen. So it's like one of those where it's like some things I remembered but didn't remember, or is it just some things I predicted and didn't predict correct? (laughs) And like I I don't know. Like I was like super confused if I ever saw it. I encouraged Ronnie to start writing down the movies he's seen so that way he can be – like I I have an IM – well, Letterboxd is the big thing nowadays. Um, I have a Letterboxd account if anyone wants to follow. It's I think it's RM Loalbo. And I just – I post, you know, just star ratings for any – and I have a diary up there for everything that I watch. So I would encourage you to to do that. Oh, absolutely. And uh, so basically Frank, he does actually do some some decent work. Like he he – Beats up some. Dr- he beats up drug dealers, uh, child molesters. So the body count on this film is nineteen, it, according to IMDb. Uh, and out of those nineteen, I think he's responsible for eighteen of them. Mm-hmm. Is that is that right? Do yeah, I have I that think, right? I think the only one he doesn't. Oh have. no, he's he's not. No, no set, a, the cop. Right. The cop. The cop is one. And 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 Libby. Libby. And okay, Libby. so two. Spoiler. So he's yeah. spoiling. So he's responsible for seventeen of. Actually, those. no. Because Libby kills. No, she doesn't kill him. She she doesn't. So let, let's also talk about Libby really quick. Elliot Page plays Libby. So, we yeah. are going to do our very best with the proper pronouns because obviously at the time, Elliot Page was Ellen Page mm-hmm. and Libby is a female character. So we're going to do our best. We're not trying to be disrespectful no. or anything, especially for some of the context of scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We may have to refer to Elliot Page as you know female. So I, I'm I, On a side note, I'm very – She's in the Umbrella Academy, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they are addressing it. In yeah, this season. season three, she's in it, and you know she was still, I believe, when she, season two came out, she was still Ellen, and she was yes. still identified for, think, as a female. I think parts of season three still yeah. Ellen Page, and so then I, I'm, during the transition, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that because I, I think you know we need as a society to start addressing a lot of these things, you know, that are so. You know, that's that's someone's lifestyle and we want to respect it. So, you know, so as we go through the movie and kind of the things that we like and don't like, because there is a very controversial scene involving Elliot Page and which we're going to address. Not not within too much detail, but just because unfortunately movies even 10, 12 years ago, 12 years ago, this movie came out like times are different and things were and this movie for all of its, you know, obviously mild spoiler for Ronnie's opinion. He was not impressed by this movie. I, I thoroughly enjoy this movie mostly because I, I do enjoy the realistic superhero movies because they changed my perspective. Yeah. They really did. Like movies like this, Kick Ass, they, they made me see superheroes very differently. Oh, yeah. And Rob's obviously a big James Gunn fan. Oh, huge. And this is this is now, a James Gunn movie. Oh, my gosh. So, like, in watching this, it. It really helps, and this is the third time I've seen it, uh, and, and I will say every time I watch it, I, it appreciates a little bit more, but it also disturbs me more how much James Gunn is messed up. 
He is not well. He he's and it's fine. He you do you do you. But it's it's very funny that you know so much has changed in the past few years. I mean, I'm thinking about you know Jimmy Kimmel. If you remember, used to do a Carmel impersonation yeah. in blackface, and at the time when he did it, we all laughed. Mm-hmm. There were I'm sure some people that found it offensive, but now it's become offensive societally, and so we've had to rethink how we do things. And he has since apologized for doing that, and that's fine. Like I I, I have no problem. You know, if you're speaking during the times mm-hmm. of where it's socially acceptable, like. Here, perfect example. Bill and Ted. We all love the movie Bill and Ted. Right. Nobody hates yep. Bill and Ted. Does it, does it make sense in terms of story? Not particularly. No. Does it play with the law of history? A little bit. <laughs> there is one scene in Bill and Ted that no matter yep. what, whenever I watch it on TV, they usually cut it out if it's on public. And Bill and Ted hug each other and then they back off and they call each other the F word. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to say it because I don't feel yeah. comfortable. But um, Gay slur. A gay slur. Yeah. And... You know, back then that was totally normal. No, I saw that in the theaters, and none of us, bl- you know, blinked at it. And people laughed. You know, that yeah. was you know other but words. You know, like were the slang for mentally challenged. You know, yeah. that was a big thing. And we we here at the show we understand product of the times, right? James Gunn has apologized for you know everybody remembers his big his big Twitter meltdown and or yeah. not even like just well he they came across an old tweet of his where he he made a joke of a pedof a pedof- like he, they joke. came across a yeah. few yeah. tweets by him but like other actors too same thing you know the guy who played uh, elongated man on the flash he got oh, kicked yeah. Off, he yeah. got fired from the show because of some of his more recent yeah. tweets and that's the problem with social media it gives everybody a voice I and- think that's the problem is you know there's nothing wrong with saying wow I did that in the past I want to be better. Mm-hmm. There's that's great. I think it's you know when you're doing recent stuff and you know you're going being called out for it. That's a problem. And also there's an issue of, of dirty laundry, right? Yeah. Sometimes if if I made a mistake ten years ago, and I've worked on it privately and and become a better person, and now like I see things differently, nobody would bat an eyelash. But it's the once that is like shown, nobody knows the work yeah. that I did, the Cause, the cause effort cause that's I put the thing in. Is, we are in a society right now where cancel culture has taken us over where people across the country can cancel me for something I said 10 years ago, yet the people close to me know that's not, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's that's what like, like boggles my mind is just these people that don't know me are trying to cancel me mm-hmm. for something I said 10 years ago. But the people around me know, no, that's not him. Like, yeah, he said that. Yeah. yeah, he was like that. He made that stupid comment, but he's not like that now. And they don't care about right. that. So, you know, thankfully, James Gunn is not getting a lot of flack for Super. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it, it is though, what it is. It's I, I would like, uh, you know, full spoilers for this, but I would recommend this film. And I think it's it's yes. hysterical and it's worth watching. But I think it's not for everyone. And it's definitely got some dated jokes to it. If you yeah. like Peacemaker. You'll you'll like this. This is a very what? I can see the Crimson well, Bolt and Peacemaker teaming so up. So that's what I wanted to ask for you guys is in light of having seen Peacemaker recently, did that alter how you viewed this film? Because I got a lot of Peacemaker vibes. Yeah. You, well, you know what it is? James Gunn has a very distinct fingerprint. Mm-hmm. Like you watch his movies, you there are certain things you this movie was unique in a James Gunn movie where it doesn't have the killer soundtrack. Now I do want to say this. If you're like, oh, James Gunn, that nice Guardians of the Galaxy guy, I think I would like to watch his stuff. That's almost like if you're like, oh, Bob Saget on Full House, he's such a nice guy. I bet his comedy is just as nice. <laughs> that is like, no, it's not. That is the perfect analogy. If, if you know yeah. James Gunn from only Guardians of the Galaxy, you don't really know him. He is gloriously offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Peacemaker, I think, really challenged that. And, you know, a lot of his stuff is, is you know, Guardians of the Galaxy was. James Gunn with a leash on. Um, yeah. It was definitely reining him back. So, you know, don't think that, you know, this is going to be the same thing. If, as- if you want James Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxy, watch Scooby-Doo. <laughs> he wrote, he wrote. He did, he yeah. did. Write and you know what? In all honesty, I will defend those Scooby-Doo movies to yeah. death. I I've love never them. Watched oh, yeah. them. Scooby-Doo so. Unleashed, baby. The second one is fantastic. But anyway. So, but, yeah, this I, is- I do agree. Peacemaker... And we did a we did a great episode on Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. I think the general consensus was we, oh, we enjoyed it. it. Oh, but yeah. uh, you know, Rob had trouble getting through the first two episodes. Not just not because of content, but because it's just too much. Yeah, it's a lot. This movie is there are scenes that are too much. So 
let, let's let's discuss. Okay. So, so we, yeah, let, go he ahead. takes he take... takes Libby on. Libby is a character played by Elliot Page. Takes him takes them on. We'll go with them for okay. the, for the sake of conversation as a, a sidekick, a reluctant sidekick, Bolty, like yeah, Robin. Yeah. yeah, one of the most <laughs> realistic superhero scenes of all time, though, is them just sitting around going. Well, what, what do you do? Yeah. So boring. boring. <laughs> she got but the what, toothpick in her mouth. Because in, if anybody knows me and they, they know what my my profession is, it is a lot of sitting around and waiting. So, <laughs> you would think like it's like watching Batman and Robin sitting in the Batmobile just having coffee. <laughs> like just waiting. it's what happens in between the, the panels. panels. You know, it's, so are we in between the panels? So. Right now? Rain Wilson's character, as Paul was saying, he he gets his wife taken away from him, and he gets a sort of touched by the finger of God in the weirdest superhero origin moment I think ever. Because he's, I don't know if you made the connection a few minutes beforehand. He's flipping through the channel. Well, he's flipping through, and before that, he's watching. He comes across tentacle porn, which is. Yeah, strange and weird. And if you don't know what that is, ask a ask a grown up or look it up. I'm not answering that one. So he he then gets these tentacles coming at him, and it lobotomizes him. It's very yeah. strange, it, and it's graphic too. It's so James. Gun- There's a lot of graphic in this. If you guys I'm have sorry, soft but stomachs, I love that part. You love where, where, where they squeeze, they squirt like that ketchup on. They got the corn dog, <laughs> and then they wipe his, his brains just so it could prepare it for God. Yeah. It was like a corn dog they used. Um, yeah, and then he be, he decides to become this superhero known as, like you said, the Crimson Bolt. And he doesn't really know what to do. He just knows to dress up, have a superhero. Yeah. Like, he does research. Mm. Um, he has a superhero costume, and his great. weapon of choice is a pipe wrench. wrench. Is a pipe wrench. And I should point out that it is spray-painted red at the top, yeah. too. And he just goes up, he, he looks for crime, and then he beats people with a pipe wrench. That's his superpower. Um, I, I love that scene where he's at the comic brother. book store, yeah. and, and he's talking to Elliot Page's character, Libby, and he's like, so what superheroes fight crime without any superpowers? And she's going through, and she's like, Batman. You know, she was like, Green Arrow. You got Iron Man, but he's got like a super suit, so maybe not. And then it goes off in that thing. No, 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 I shouldn't have even brought that up. <laughs> she... So I, and also in the comic book shop, did you see him in the background there? What's his name from Peacemaker? Sean Nathan? No, no, Steve A. G. Who? Mm, I don't know the who, name uh, off the top of my head. Oh, Steve A. G. Who in? Uh, who does he play? Peacemaker. He's he. Well, in in he, you, it's hard to recognize him in this. He's just like a snarky. Oh, he plays Economos. Yeah. Oh, okay. He, he, he's the snark in this movie. He's a snarky comic book oh, customer. Oh, that's funny. When he but, goes the first time. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and he does show up oh, again right. later. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, it's, that's what's wonderful about James Gunn is he has his regulars. You know, Michael Rooker, Michael Rooker, uh, Sean in this, Gunn, Nathan Fillion, Nathan Fillion, and and he's a close night, close knit group that they really hang yeah. out. Like Adam Sandler. So <laughs> he he decides to go out and he fights crime, but he's not very good. It, it's essentially answers the question what would happen if an angry really not well adjusted and inept person decided to become a superhero you know what i find interesting about that though is that he doesn't sustain a whole lot of like injury like you watch like kick-ass kick-ass he gets he gets hospitalized his first time trying to do this like which is one of my gripes with this when he when he first sees sarah with jock Mm-hmm. And he's banging the car. He's like, "Don't touch my car again." He pokes it, and he's like, "That's not <laughs> so the kind of touch he, I was he referring pokes it again. to." <laughs> That's I'm just out of here. That's not what I meant. And then he jumps on it, and he gets his butt kicked, yeah. but he's fine. But he's like, he's got like some like like marks and bruises, but like dude's got pummeled in the face mm-hmm. at least ten times. You're telling me there's no cut? Yeah, there's there's not a lot. Like, <laughs> It, it's mild. It, it yeah. really, he, you don't really see him starting to sustain injuries until he gets shot. Yeah. 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 And that's at that point, then he shows up on Elliot Page's doorstep and saying, I need In your help. In the garbage bags. In the garbage <laughs> bags. I have to say, I've always been kind of lukewarm about the movie until Elliot Page shows up. And then it just flies. Libby, Libby for brings me. the movie to a different level. She yeah. is, I, and, and I'll get your reactions too on this. I have to say, Libby, Elliot Page's is just working on another planet. And I think this is, 
his best work. Oh, in absolutely. Everything. Yep. If you like Ellen slash Elliot Page at all for anything that, you know, because he's also done Juno. He's done yep. a lot of other the stuff. The opposite of Juno. This oh, yeah. is watching Elliot Page is the best thing of this movie. Mm. Everything, because it's, it's also not only is he completely bonkers and just dorky. You would say fan. Elliot Page, his Libby as a character is crazier than Frank. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's what makes it great. It, Bolty? What, or Bolty. Libby? Bolty. Yeah. Bolty and Libby play so well off of Frank and the Crimson Bolt. There is nothing better than the scene. So basically, Libby convinces him to let her, you know, be the sidekick, be the partner. Yeah. Yeah. And they go after a guy that might have keyed somebody's <laughs> right. car. And then he... She, Libby tells him afterwards, oh, I think so. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. how can I tell crime but, to shut up yeah. if I have to shut up? But even better was like, the whole time she's like, Frank, Frank, Frank. He, and he's sitting there and he's like, don't, don't put me Frank. And she's like, but Frank. My favorite scene with Libby is when Libby is in the car and rams Sean yes. Gunn's legs. And she she's in her bra yeah and she's like jumping around outside of the car screaming i, I got you any you and she's throwing yeah. out all these like horrifically like insulting yeah. curses at him and everything and it's, it's just glorious that yeah that libby is doing that she's an amazing character and and it really is but a testament to elliot page's work let's talk about there there is one scene in this movie that has not aged well has it was controversial probably at the time so, too. So Libby falls for Frank during the course of all this. Right. And, and, it's, and it's, I think it's more about the fangirl the the So basically yeah. the Crimson Bolt becomes a media sensation. First the media. Let, let's temper that quote unquote local media. Local media. Yeah. But like the media is kind of like, this guy's crazy. He's terrible. Right. But the public adore him. Like mm-hmm. they're like, oh, they, like it's a very interesting commentary, especially nowadays. What would happen if somebody actually became this vigilante and was he, he goes after someone who was it turns out had a criminal record every someone person who, had, who he went after yeah. act, turned out to be some sort of by accident by accident yeah. even the guy apparently who cut him in line at the movie yeah. theater who he pummels in the forehead with a wrench and and i think kills him oh yeah he's dead. <laughs> i mean that that skull got collapsed yeah yeah but so libby becomes infatuated and caught up in the whole world. And obviously Libby's character is not mentally well in this. Like <laughs> Libby's broken I, too. Yeah, I think this everyone is, is. This is the movie about broken people and Libby Which is a James Gunn film pretty Libby, much. <laughs> unfortunately, there is a scene where Libby sexually assaults Frank. Yeah, she she rapes him. And he doesn't want to hurt her. He doesn't want to fight her because, you know, she's a girl. And, you know, it's 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 a hard scene to watch. Mm-hmm. Especially nowadays. And it has that early Sean Gunn ick factor to it. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's the only scene in this movie. And this movie has some very big violence. The ending of this the last third of this movie is pure oh, violence. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I right. would still tell people if you get squeamish about certain things, that's the scene that comes to mind. Yeah. I someone I, I was listening to a podcast before I came here and they said it's essentially Scott Pilgrim meets Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver. Yeah. yeah. And that's a pretty accurate it's a representation. Because, like, Travis Bickle, he is someone who... And, and I have to say, it actually follows a lot of the same beats of Taxi Driver, where it's an individual who has a skewed sense of reality, but still wants to do good in the universe. Like, in the beginning of this movie, you see he's got his two perfect moments in Cran up on the on the yeah. wall. One is when he married Sarah. The other one is the where... The hands were too big. But the hands were too big. There's so many throw, great throwaway lines in this. And the other one is when a cop was looking for a bad guy, and he said, he's in there, officer, yes. and he, he solved that crime. And that's really all you need to know about... Rain Wilson's character, Frank, is that he loves his wife and he wants to stop crime. Mm-hmm. And from there, that's the rest of the movie. He, yeah, he, I can't relate at all. But anyway, <laughs> but the, so we'll, we're past that scene. Yeah. Like it's it's over. And but yeah. he does have a revelation after that scene, and in one of the most realistic responses too. He gets yeah. very violently sick, and like yeah. he doesn't know that. That's also the scene that I hate watching just because I hate vomit. But, I'm um, not a vomit fan myself. He has the revelation that he is now ready to go take on. And the, the last third of this movie is them going to – do they say where this movie takes place? 
No, I like, always felt it was like Wisconsin. Yeah, or very something. like yeah, something like that. Very like there's a farm over there type place. Yeah, and yeah. they go, they arm up because this is America, and they it, it's a great montage of the two of them. Yeah, and despite the fact that like he shouldn't be okay hanging out with her right now. There's they a still, lot of inappropriateness in this, yeah. yeah. So they go on the, a shopping spree, and they decide they're ready to take on the bad guy. And it's it's if you guys like Peacemaker and you guys like uh, the Punisher or Daredevil, those you know Punisher and Daredevil, they they actually have philosophical debates about the use of violence against and how far is too far and what the line is. You know, there's a great scene in Daredevil season two where they, him and Frank are on the rooftop talking about you know I don't kill people, but I do, and it's the right you know it saves people. Whatever, you know that we we had that discussion during our Netflix episode, but uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. We get it. Not a whole lot of Cajun accents. I'm kind of disappointed. No, yeah. no, that's Shreveport. But anyway, so without you know, obviously we we said spoilers. We're gonna say it. He does rescue Sarah, yeah. and yep. like the bad guys are taken down. Unfortunately, Libby dies in the process. Which again, there's your realistic. And and I think that's that's the thing that I love about this film is the arc that violence takes. Where in the beginning, when he's beaming people in the forehead with this, we're like, oh my god, that's horrible and shocking. And then by the end, we're rooting for pipe bombs to blow people up. It it shows that that sense of disconnect when it comes to superheroes and superheroics. Like we know those are the bad guys. Mm-hmm. They're drug dealers. But like he's beaming a guy that cut him in line. We're like, I've cut yeah. people in line. Before. <laughs> yeah, if somebody walked up to me and hit me in the head with a wrench because I cut in line, like I feel like that's a little misproportionate to what just happened. But yeah. but that's depends <laughs> on the movie. That's on the movie. <laughs> but that's the commentary, right? Yeah. That's the that's the character. In at the ending though, we're rooting for him because also Kevin Bacon's character is a terrible person. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know he runs strip clubs and he's giving drugs to Liv Tyler. And he's shooting. Everyone that he knows just yeah. because he's annoyed with them. But the most realistic part of this movie, and then the part that actually I like the most is that Frank does not get he gets a happy ending that he didn't realize he wanted. Mm-hmm. Because he does save what's Sarah. her name? Sarah. But then Sarah, and again, the most realistic thing is Sarah stays with him for a couple of months and then realizes that she was with Frank because he was safe and yeah. because he took care of her and he was yeah. there for her. And she realizes that. They're not in love. Like, Frank just loves the idea of her. Mm-hmm. And they separate. And she goes and she marries somebody else and lives a happy life. And, and Four kids. And, and, yeah. Yeah. And she overcomes her addiction. And, you know, she's helping other people. And Frank gets to, like, be part of that life He's still. Uncle Frank. And yeah. I yeah. think that that is not only the most realistic ending, but also I applaud any movie. Happy endings are the thing we all want. We yeah. all want happy endings. A lot of movies are rewritten for the ending. The ending yeah. is always the thing that studio test audiences hit first. And I think that this movie's ending actually is I, my favorite part. I think that's what's amazing about James Gunn is that he takes, because in the beginning, we don't like Frank at all. We're mm-hmm. like, this is this guy is weird. He's a reject. James Gunn is able to take these individuals. I mean, that's what Peacemaker was that are so loathsome, but not bad. They're good people, but they're just like complete outcasts and rejects. And he makes us care deeply about them. Like I never thought I would care so deeply about like John Cena's Christopher Smith or, or, you know, Freddie Stroma's Adrian Chase, where I have a real affinity for those characters, even though they're loathsome Mm. and and, and they're not people you want to know. You know, Rain Wilson's Frank is, he's a, a weird fry cook that is, really maladjusted and and there's nothing likable about him but we yeah. we care about him by the end and we we feel good about him when we see him looking at his wall of excellent moments from life and we're like yeah. we we feel something for that that's incredible I, and i i can't i have to think that james gunn must identify with these people that and you know even guardians of the galaxy they're all rejects too but we care about a, a, a trash wreck <laughs> <laughs> and a tree yeah, yeah and a tree <laughs> now I got a question. Okay. How does a waitress and a fry cook afford that house? They were renting. <laughs> Solid answer. I can't even argue it. My statement still know. stands? I don't know. <laughs> Why? Was it Was it a big... I don't remember. I mean, you, is, you see it from is, the outside, and it looks oh, like yeah. a, a decent size. Because it's you know. Shreveport. Well, that's where There's it was filmed. Answer. It was filmed in Shreveport. Yeah. It didn't take place in That's Shreveport. true. We don't know where it took yeah. place. That's that's still, depending. like... I mean, I... The salary I make right now, I could afford a mansion in Texas. Yeah. In yeah. New York, 
I'm a cardboard box. box. <laughs> 300 square feet. Waiting for yeah. that housing market to crash. Yep. Waiting. <laughs> the bubble will burst. <laughs> patiently, I have my house. I'm patiently waiting. Patiently waiting. <laughs> But um, yeah, so it's it's you know, I, I, so let's let's talk about what's our reactions overall to this. Do you film. want to do Star City Rage yeah, with that? Yeah, yeah. Why don't we do that? So I know Ronnie, you are on the fence with a lot of this stuff. So tell us about what are your final thoughts on and, and Star City ratings? For and Superman? did our discussion change your yes. initial response? Because you came in pretty cold about this movie. The answer to your question is no. Okay. Okay. So we didn't. Swear. You guys suck. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, because okay. So let me go to my other two podcasts. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, going into our discussion, I I didn't. The movie wasn't a good movie, but it's one that I would watch again and I would recommend. Ah. Mm. Box so, office was is $420,000. Yes, it did not do well. No. And to be honest with you, if I paid money to see this, I would be upset. Mm-hmm. Would you have cut somebody in line? I would have. No. <laughs> to uh, leave. To leave? To yeah. To leave, yeah. Is that a thing? My Star City rating for this is a three. Um, Solid, despite what you just said. Wow. Well, because... It, well, he would still recommend it. Yeah, so no, no. Just, I'm, I'm surprised. To, I thought this was going to be a two, two and a half. To me, mo- a movie has to be a three or higher in order to be recommended. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some exceptions like, hey, you want to watch a crappy movie? That's a two. Watch this movie. Mm-hmm. But I, I give this a three. There are some solid moments in it. It does give us some light to what superheroes would be like in real life. Uh, you know, if they had like a bipolar complex to them, but not necessarily like a everyday person. But you know, th- there's just the the cast is great in this. You know, at, from top to bottom, everyone's great. I just think there was just it, it just didn't hit for me. Like some of the humor was forced in this. Some of it just didn't make sense. Can you everything. think of any specifics on that one? What or, things that don't make sense? Yeah, it didn't make sense or didn't resonate with you. I would say the whole pipe wrenching. Okay. I, I think you know. At times, did he do the right thing as By far accident. as as far as like beating people? Yes, you know, like the 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 one that was about to molest a child, don't molest or whatever. Kids. Like that one, I get. But someone that's selling drugs, do you really need to kill them with a pipe wrench? No, I don't think you need to kill you them. I mean, reform. incapacitate them, and then you know, like citizen's arrest or whatever kind of thing something that cuts in line do you really need to crack their skull but haven't you ever felt like that though yes but also the fact that he cracks his (laughs) the guy's skull and then the girlfriend wife friend whoever it is is like whoa calm down and And he just whacks her and it's like for what reason because he's clearly not in his right mind yeah i wonder how much of this takes place in his head Oh, I, to be honest with you, that's what I thought was going to happen at the end. Like this really? was all I never just even in enter- his imagination. I never entertained that thought. You think that could be some? Well, I mean, you you just said it. We've all had those thoughts. Like we all have that that coworker we don't like, or that or the, bad the day. person that you just want to strangle who's talking in a movie theater. And you or... you like always imagine like what would there, there's a movie uh, Horrible Bosses. Oh yeah, I, I love remember that. that. And there's a great scene where he like uh, he fully fantasizes about throwing his boss out the yeah. window. And we've all been there, and I think you know. Obviously, we're we're well-adjusted, quote unquote, yeah. normal people. Yeah, let's talk about superheroes in our forties. I know, right? But in thirties, but you know, we everybody has those thoughts, and then it's it's the action you take afterwards that determine if you're a good person. Like human human interaction and human nature is very strange, yeah. Yeah. right? You can people have been you know doing philosophy on it. I almost said philosophizing, and I already did publicating, <laughs> publicating. so I decided against it. But now I'm going to make a joke out of it before I accidentally say I'm gonna it. Publicate a philosophize. I mean, I was philosophizing about all this, right? Yeah. You know, people have been talking. About, there's no answer, right? Right. For human nature, you could trillions of books, trillions of lectures, trillions of of people trying to figure out how people do what they do. I would not be surprised if this whole movie took place in his head, and it was just. His wife so left him. Sort of him. a Joker kind of situation there with the relationship with the girl down the exactly. hall. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. And I think if there's an alternate ending out there somewhere, yeah. I could see that. All right. All right. Yeah. So carry on, Ronnie. Oh no. So I, I just think that this movie's a three. I would, I would recommend, and I would watch it again. Okay. All right. All right. That's it's solid, Paul. 
I give it a three and a half. Like like Ronnie said, it is something that if you're a superhero fan, you've probably seen it. If you're a James Gunn fan, you definitely saw it. Yeah. If you haven't seen it and you enjoy your superhero movies and you want a, a non-conventional superhero movie, this is a solid choice. If you like movies like Kick-Ass or if you like characters like The Punisher or Wolverine even, people tend to forget that Wolverine's killed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like in X2, yeah. in X2, he levels the entire, you know, bad guy list like he's constantly killing people so for me i i give it a three and a half it is like a superhero movie that i like if you've never seen a superhero movie mm-hmm. i'm not gonna be like here start here but it's definitely it's a solid choice and i enjoy it and yeah I think okay so i i am also actually echoing your three and a half i it's a definite recommend for me it is unique it is different it is not like any other superhero movies that I'm really familiar with. If you want just, you know, cookie cutter, you know, factory made superhero movies, this is not for you at all. This mm. is different. It's it's funny. I, I will say that the first half hour for me is a little touch and go where it's it's I think it struggles to find it. Yeah. It struggles to find its tone a little bit. Once Elliot Page comes on. It's it just flies. I I laugh out loud so many times with Almost so like many things. Almost like a genre flip. Yeah. It goes from like sad yeah. and depressing to yeah, and a lot it, of fun. it is like he's such a a sad character. Like and he's self deprecating. Like doesn't he have like a little speech about like kids in Africa or something like something that? Something like that. Where yeah. he's like at least their parents love them. <laughs> like it's just brutal. Um, like and he and he feels so bad for himself. And seeing his journey towards the end is kind of fun. Like seeing that character arc of him just being this completely horrible, you know, this person that is so self-hating to somebody that actually likes himself, even though Sarah doesn't stay with him at the end. He's still like, you know what, I I saved her and, and she went on to do great things. He was a hero. And he was a hero. Yeah, he was. To, he was her hero. Yeah, he was her yeah. hero. And to those four kids that really that call him Uncle Frank. But Elliot Page, for me, just makes this movie, everything she, that comes out of her, her mouth in this, out of Libby's mouth, is a riot. And she's got this dorky, lovable, geeky energy to her that is plays off of Frank. So I, Libby's the better audience surrogate for yeah. us because yeah. Libby in this movie is the character that you're a superhero. I could be. A, oh, I could like. Yeah, she just dorks be out. Us. At him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so. She starts doing um, karate in the living room. Her <laughs> the audition. She's like, I just, I want to show you something, and she starts doing cartwheels and yeah. somersaults, and she, and just she, out of breath. <laughs> what did you think? She's the Libby is the best. Yeah, she's got um, a list of names. So. I I would highly recommend. It. Yeah, she. Oh, that's right. When she's trying out her yeah. different superhero names to him, and, and there's a lot of good geek moments in oh, this. Yeah. It is very clear that not only does James Gunn love the Outcast, but he also just loves superheroes. Yeah. And and this is his tryout for being a superhero director. And it is sort of like Taxi Driver light, and it's it's offensive, and and I love it, and I I would definitely watch it again, and it's. It's a great start to our month of, of gore-soaked yep. superheroes. And, and so, all right. So that wraps up our discussion on Super. And it sounds like a recommend from all three of us, which yes. is, is a very rarity. cool. Yeah, a, rarity, a rarity, yeah. So, yeah, if you haven't seen Super, it is floating around out there. I believe you can rent it on Amazon Prime. It's worth yeah. the two ninety nine. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Especially, like, if you're getting excited for the boys, it is a great way it's to start. It's a great start. primer. Yeah. yeah. So that will wrap up our episode. So again, if you'd like to check us out, don't forget you can take us on the go on Podbeam, Spotify, Stitcher, and any other podcasts like iTunes and all that good stuff that's out there. Download our buttery voices into your ears, and you can also check out our content on themisfitfaction.com where you've got not only multiple podcasts, but you've got multiple articles on there from yours truly, who reviewed Moon Knight, and from Paul, who's been writing on various books who i have to say as an english teacher i think you're a decent writer you are pretty good i i enjoyed your stuff i really do enjoy writing it's just sitting down and actually just doing it it is it's, that's the biggest issue for me it's it's almost a curse because it bounces around in my brain and i'm like i need to get this out mm-hmm. and yeah. writing is the only way to get it out where you just feel you're like oh thank god it's not yeah. in there anymore but and speak- don't forget you could also find us on social media oh instagram yes, tell us about you know that. instagram the misfit faction as well on facebook you have the misfit faction and obviously our show 
Multiverse Fancast, where we do our Fan Feedback Friday. Oh, my God. Do you want to do that? So let's look at Fan Feedback Friday. So this week's Fan Feedback Friday was all about how the money should be spent. Do you think it's better for the MCU and DCEU to focus on big blockbuster movies or streaming and why? So the reason I brought this up was... You know, obviously, we're very excited for The Boys, and The Boys works well because it is a streaming show. It is six episodes or whatever many episodes, but we also just had Moon Knight that we we were not too crazy about. But then we'll have a show like Stranger Things that we're like, we're excited to binge. So I thought this was uh, apropos considering our lukewarm response to Moon Knight, but Mm -hmm. also our excitement to The Boys. So uh, we have the first response was DCEU should focus more on streaming. It's had bigger successes than the MCU. I I would agree with that. DC streaming has been very good. Marvel streaming has been hit or miss. Most mostly hits. Mostly hits. Mostly right. hits. Yeah. Um, but it looks like the bubble is. I, I'm worried that the bubble is starting to burst. Yeah, I think we talked about that during Moon Knight. Yeah. Uh, the MCU should focus on big blockbusters because of their success. Obviously, they are the most successful movie franchise mm-hmm. of all time. If we are talking about what they should focus on, to be more successful. It's the opposite for them. So that, that's interesting. You know, DC should focus on streaming and Marvel mm. on their big blockbusters. I think the test for me for that will be when the Penguin series comes out. Oh, yeah. HBO, yeah. like that'll tell me. Okay, do we need to stick with DC movies yeah, or television? I, I'm uh, piggybacking off of DCU. I'm watching Titans, mm-hmm. on which HBO is Max, and it is phenomenal. I, f- I see, for me, it was hit or miss with Titans. Really? There were some episodes season, where I'm like, season oh, one was a. Season one, I was actually okay up until the very, very end. Season two was tough for me. So we we did an episode on Titans. I think yeah. it was you and me, it Rob. Was, yeah. And after producer Melanie and I finished season three with Red Hood and all that. Which but, got um, better. Yeah, we, we agree that season one was, was good. Season two was – season two yeah. had payoff. Yeah. But it was just it was tough getting there, yeah, and then season three as a whole, I but think I'm, we both really enjoyed. I'm glad it. you like it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's see from Rob's film class, high film class. Focus on the movies. There's too much to watch with the shows, and it's spreading the audience too thin. Also, shows aren't budgeted well enough, and save the money for the films. I can agree to a point. Nowadays, though, you get your Disney Plus. Like, I think Elizabeth Ol- Elizabeth Olsen made more for WandaVision mm-hmm. than she did for like her first three appearances as Wanda. Like it's crazy to think. Yeah. Like I think she made like fifty thousand dollars or something for her first appearance. And that was in Age of Ultron and just a post credit. Mm-hmm. But she was making like I think she made seven million wow. for uh, WandaVision. They they I have to say my film class was unanimous on this one. They were all like movies. Because mm. they just said it there's just it's too, too much, much. It, it's saturation at it's this point. And it's hard to keep up. And also they were like some of the effects are sometimes wonky. wonky. Yeah, yeah, very wonky. I I wrote this one, I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> new characters should get movies and then get their own show. I mm-hmm. think we look at, we loved Hawkeye. We enjoyed Loki. We liked Wanda. I think that a lot of these, but then Moon Knight, we were like, That's it. Yeah, that yeah. could be a reflection of just script or whatever. But I, I firmly believe that if you make a movie and introduce these characters, then give them their show to flesh them out. It works just as mm-hmm. fine. And then our friend Matt said, all I know is there's a show coming out dealing with Kite Man, and it deals with <laughs> Sean Noonan's bar and probably none of the characters from that bar. So we are I'm actually oddly excited about yeah. Kite yeah. Man. And but, again, going back to Peacemaker, uh, it was great. And, I, yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew I wanted that? Mm-hmm. And it's so different from the actual movie, yeah. which is even crazier. It. Do you really I, want to taste it? Which oh oh my gosh! Did you notice the opening credits for Super was a dance sequence, just like Peacemaker? Yeah, <laughs> yep. it's still so good. Yeah, yeah. All right, but that's all of our fan all right. Friday. So that wraps up Fan Feedback Friday. Thank you so much for joining us. Next week, we will be looking at Kick Ass. I am so excited. Are we doing oh. both of them? Or yeah, just, we are doing both. Of I them. am even more excited. <laughs> I know. This, this was like a poor man's Kick Ass. I'll agree with that. See, I I. All right, I'll I'll save my comment for next week. <laughs> Shut so, up. Stay tuned. Shut up. We'll Shut end up on that one. Shut up. Cry. Yeah, we didn't even talk about his catchphrase. Shut up, crime. Shut up, crime. Which is the best catchphrase ever. I Don't think. molest kids. <laughs> Don't button line. Shut up, crime. <laughs> so as always, I'm Rob. And I'm Paul. I'm Ronnie. And we'll be back in a flash. Shut up, crime. See ya. Oh, you stole my shut up smorgasbord. <laughs>